Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Thursday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Wednesday. Um, is the shortage of hospitality workers due to the fact that people are just so horrible to hospitality workers? Conversely, uh, are people in hospitality rude to their customers? What's going on out there? Uh, why does Marcus hate a novelty fence? And... Uh, is this the world's most dangerous playground on purpose in Melbourne? There's a New Zealand connection. We'll get to that at the end of the pod. I know. I've got your attention, haven't I? Uh, first up, though, uh, the Resource Management Act. Oh, I'm sure this is interesting stuff. Let's find out. Act would repeal the RMA legislation, which allows mythical creatures to halt work on major roading projects. It became known as the Tanifa Tax, so you had to consult with local iwi before you did anything. Um, but a Māori... Um, scholar who did post-grad studies on the RMA said last year he was glad that the RMA was being looked at and repealed because he said this is an example of the misuse and abuse. Councils, district and regional became so fearful of doing anything without Māori consent that they were consulting Māori on things that Ward Kamo says Māori had no business in. He said it was becoming quite racist. Yeah, I've always been a great believer that it's better to say sorry than ask permission. But the RMA doesn't work like that. If you haven't got everything ticked, you will be penalised for it, and that includes consultation with iwi. So he's, does this allow for the end of the Tanifa tax? Will there be greater direction about where that should be used or not? He says, Ward Camo says, you know, we know an apple tree in the back of a person's yard is not our business, and we're not interested, unless, of course, what you discover under the apple tree is an urupa. Then we become interested. But he said what we expect is for people to use their common sense, including the council. Well, will the changes allow that? I uh, see progress marches on, and then before you know it, you've got a mythical creature. Um, I don't know, holding up traffic or eating cars or I don't know what... I don't want that to happen. So you just gotta you do have to be a bit careful, don't you? Um, now uh, we've got uh, the allegation that perhaps the main reason people don't want to work in hospitals is because it's just horrible, and that people are horrible to them. Does Kay Hawksby agree? We were the next people up, so she says, I'll do yours because I don't know when he's coming back. So she's, you know, finishing our groceries and he comes barging in and he's furious that she hasn't paused, that, you know, she hasn't waited for him. And she explains, busy supermarket, I didn't know how long you'd be, and uh, politely explains. And he gets all aggro, you know, I'm, you should have waited for me and I'm not paying for these groceries. And, and I just thought, so rude. I interjected at that point and just apologised to the young girl. Um, for his behaviour and um, tried to actually pay and he was just, you know, refused to look at me and was barrelling into her. And she just looked at me and smiled and said, don't worry, I'm resigning anyway. This happens all the time. And I thought, what is she, you know, just another checkout operator, sick of being treated badly and abused, is leaving the job. And add that to all the others who are sick of it and the hospo staff who are also sick of it. And you can see that the industry leaders, it sounds like a stretch when they say it, but the ones who say that a lot of this may actually be our fault, when you see behaviour like that, you wonder, well, you know, they may not be wrong. You get the feeling that people are just more aggro than they've ever been before. I wonder, it's hard to know, isn't it? I feel like 
I feel like that's the case, but maybe everybody feels like that's the case, you know, in the history of time. They feel like people are getting more and more aggro. Has that always been the case? I mean, th- this, these people are certainly aggro. There's no doubt about that. If you haven't heard it, it's, it is difficult to hear this audio, but this is from the track where the, the customer came in to complain about sticky sauce all over his slider, and he demanded the manager be approached, and, the ma- and when he was you know, out there, the manager told him to F off. Go get your manager, but I'm going to come out here and apologise to me for the way he just spoke to me and sort out the burger. You can't just tell someone off and they complain about it. You're going to sort it out, mate? Make me a burger. Look at what you did to my burger. Yeah, you did, bro. Make me a burger. You're the manager. Sort it out. Make me another burger, please. <laughs> At least he said please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um... You do have to wonder what the motivation was to film that. Right, you're expect you're expecting something, aren't you? If you if you that's a sad indictment of the times, isn't it? You feel like you need to film yourself to go on and complain about your oversourced KFC. Can you can you oversource a burger? I love, I love a lot of sauce on a burger, me. I had one the other night. It had mango chutney and chipotle sauce on it. The sauce was actually nicer than the than the vegetarian patty that they'd put in the middle of it. Oh, my mouth's watering just thinking about it. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. We've got fence talk now. Who's doing fence talk? Who do you think? Oh, by the way, they're doing those articles now on why is New Zealand obsessed with those quirky decorated fences. Can I just say, I hate them all. Whether it be a bike fence or a toothpaste fence or a shoe fence, terrible. Terrible. Um, But that's my take. I'm sure some people love them. Not for me. Come on, Marcus. You can't. You can't just come out with a searing hot take like that and not back it up with some kind of rationale. Why do you hate those sorts of fences so much? You can't just say that you hate them. You've got to have some evidence. Like, has he? Did he impale himself on a on a bicycle fence at some stage? What what happened there? And also, how many novelty fences is he, are, is he coming across in a Vicargo? Is that a thing down there, is it? Most of the fences I see around the place are just sort of... Wood. Quite boring. I don't like the ones with, you know, when people have sort of these substantial sort of brick... Um, sort of little brick towers, and then, and then they're trying to grow a hedge in between them, and the hedge hasn't really taken off. That's a lot of effort for not much reward, isn't it? Hey, we're going to uh, finish up here... Uh, with uh, uh, this guy, he's a New Zealander, uh, Mike Hewson, I think is his name. Uh, he's built uh, a, a dangerous playground in Melbourne. I, I don't think it actually is dangerous. It just looks really dangerous. And um, well, well, let's find out why. Do you look at this and think, oh, that looks a bit dodgy? Well, I mean, I've been looking at it for a very long time, so I guess I, don't, <laughs> I probably can't see what it actually looks like. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was created to sort of have a sense of um, being made over the weekend, like this kind of thing that wouldn't, has just sort of arrived in the public realm. So if you picture these, like, giant, you know, up to 20-ton boulders on on tiny little, you know, furniture dollies rolled into a sort of a a city courtyard. Um, Yeah, it was carefully planned out to sort of look 
sort of haphazard and you know when children view it they they instantly get a sense of adventure I, I really want to understand this, but Mike, I should point out, this has generated a lot of opposition in Australia, hasn't it? Talkback's gone nuts on this. They have, and I think, I mean, it seems, it's also, it, it follows a very familiar trajectory, though, because it's, it's almost like the first two days of opening a park, people don't understand what they're looking at and shoot their mouth very quickly. And then almost over the weekend, the community very quickly um, revises what they think because kids translate what this thing is and then as you you know upon closer inspection it's actually incredibly well planned and thought out and worked with huge Wait, are, so are you saying sort of, are you saying that the, the public at first the parents hated it and then their kids started playing on it and the kids were showing you it could be done safely and now the parents have come around absolutely and it's in it, it's sort of the, there is a bit of a sleight of hand like the sort of the paving on the floor does look very hard that have developed a special kind of bluestone rubber that sort of, um, you know, enabled this whole um, project to, to happen. And it just, I, w- I would mention, it's a $2.5 million playground as a part of a $44 million kind of, you know, set. Melbourne, Redevelopment. Melbourne's investing in, in children's futures, but, you know, not quite that much. I, um, I thought it was a very sad day when they took the giant slide away from Frankett's Park in, on um, the Wellington waterfront there. Uh, luckily, my kids are old enough that they were young when that was still there and they went on it. And it was one of the best things that they've ever done, let's go down that slide. And I think that was, they decided that was too dangerous. I mean, of all the, there's a lot of dangerous stuff out there. I hate it when slides disappear. I, I, I'm Glen ZP. Oh, there used to be an amazing one at Timona Park in Fielding. I, I don't know if that's still there. I hope so. Just you go down that one backwards head first. Then I turned out all right. I'm Glen ZB. Uh, that was News Talk ZB. Who knows what kind of uh, slidey talk we'll have tomorrow? Probably none. You never know. See you then.